0: God damn it, Nick! Seriously, again. What? Your shit still doesn't work. How how I, do you fuck I, this up two twice, twice now? It,
1: it's it's not that it doesn't work. I I did I you did you transform like an animorph into a seal? No, I. Okay, I promise you won't laugh. Okay. I never laugh. Okay. There you go. This is this is this is me, okay. This is me. This is. Oh my God! Bald, bald. No, okay. Bald, bald. I told you not. I'm gonna
0: put bald. the seal back up. I swear to God. I'll take it right down because I'm the one who put it there in the first place. <laughs> okay, yeah. Reveal
1: all of our secrets, why don't you? I already yeah, did in I, the
0: last episode.
1: I shaved my head. What of it, huh? What, you were expecting some, some, some non, some non big reveal. You were you were expecting something subtle? You were expecting me to just not make a big deal out of it and turn this into content? Well, I mean, granted,
0: you're not actually bald, just shaved head.
1: Yeah, it's just it's just a shaved head. You know what? You know that what guy wasn't say?
0: bald. He had a shaved
1: head. Shaved. That's a hairdo. <laughs> Yeah, it's very stylish hairdo, hair, hair do, okay? I shaved my head because, uh, for only superficial reasons, because I did not like the way that my hair looked before, but then I turned it into a lesson for myself, you know? This is, this is 2023, it's the year of me, I'm gonna make a lot of changes in my life, including, but not limited to buying a water bottle that tells me, oh, it's 7pm, you gotta drink, I'm like two hours late. Uh, I got to drink all this water. I bought a I bought a blender to make smoothies. I bought an alarm clock so I can put it across my room and get up at the same time every morning. Started going to the gym. And uh, it's almost been a month of, of doing all that. So you know what? I'm proud of myself. And this haircut is a reminder that every time I look in the mirror, there's a, there's a different guy looking at me. He's a changed man. And it all starts up here at the top. Getting to the
0: top, getting to the top, getting to the top, getting in the top. Boot-da-da, boot uh, uh. Happy February, y'all, again.
1: Happy February, y'all, again. Still February. Um, this is the Too Bad We Didn't Get Into Cars podcast. I am your co-host, Nick Scarpen Auto. Yo soy David Kabushikars. And this right here... Um, is, did we use this last time?
0: I don't remember, but you didn't show it, so we didn't see. You just said what it was.
1: Um <laughs> Oh, we used the sports car last time. We used the Opal Speedster, uh, last time. And today, we are using a, um, oh, hold, oh. hold the, hold the phone. Oh. You, um. Oh. Oh. you you keep him distracted um
0: so Nick is just the fucking worst let me tell you like every time he opens his mouth I just I just I just want to like throw him off a cliff you know throw him into some lava I mean I'd have a better chance of cloning myself and then just we I will just be capbucha auto. No, that's his name. Never mind. It's a bad idea. I don't know. I wasn't prepared for this. So, uh... Nick, honestly, fuck you. Fuck you, Nick. I don't like you anymore. We're done.
1: (sighs) Wow. That was, uh... Quite the... quite the trip. What happened? I ran to CVS. And I bought a... 1964 Austin Mini Cooper. And you know what? It's pink. Look at that. Ooh, look at how cute that car looks. It's a pink car, y'all. You want to see it? Pink car? Oh, it's the new one you bought? This is the new one I bought. Um, This one I bought specifically because it's pink, and you don't find a whole lot of pink matchbox cars out there. But also, I figured that pink would come in handy someday. And this is our Valentine's Day episode, so yeah, I think I picked the right time to break it out.
0: Fucker. It's a Valentine's episode with nothing to
1: do with Valentine's. Well, kind of. Okay, so before we get into anything else, I had proposed this idea to, uh, to you, to David, um, semi-recently, because <laughs> not that we're running out of ideas for episodes, but hypothetically, if we were running out of ideas... One way to give us more content while also introducing the other person to more media and more movies and music and games and stuff would be to create top 10 and 15 and uh, just 13 lists. Top a bunch. Top various numbers. We're talking about our favorite movies our favorite albums and our favorite video games. And at least with the movies and the albums, our goal is to show one another our favorite movies and albums so that we can talk about that the the same way that we talked about the Lizzie McAlpine album and the Devin Townsend album. Cause honestly, I thought that was kind of a cool idea. Our Devin versus Lizzie video on YouTube, uh, is probably the quickest, like, other than our Pokemon Hoenn video, which is up to like 70 views, I think, which is impressive, um, at least for our standards, but our most recent clip that we uploaded before um, this last one, it's already at like 18 views, and normally our videos hover around like 5 or 6 on average, so people people like when we put albums against one another, or at least they like when we talk about albums for the first time or movies for the first time. So I think this is a good idea to not only get content, which, you know, Danny made your, your, your favorite open wide.
0: I Dude, I rewatched album.
1: the first episode of Zach stone? Yeah. It's so it's so good. <laughs> I it's, never finished Zack stone. It's
0: really good. I think
1: it's yeah. Funny. Yeah. We, I started playing that funny feeling at my shows now. But Cute, I have to nice. skip the Pornhub verse uh, <laughs> <laughs> because most of the places that I play, I can't I can't just sing about has, reading uh, Pornhub's terms. Has turns anyone recognized song. it yet? Uh, not from what I can tell. I usually try to ask. I usually ask the audience. So when I play shows and I get to a specific song that I feel like people will know, I usually don't introduce it. But if it's a song that I know is a little more niche... Like, if I play In Bloom by Neck Deep, not the Nirvana one, because I don't know the Nirvana one, but if I play In Bloom by Neck Deep, I'll say, hey, here's, all of my, here's to all of my pop punk fans out there. It's by a band called Neck Deep. You know, I'll do that. But if it's like She Will Be Loved by Maroon 5, I'll just start playing it, and people will be like, oh, that's the, that's the Adam Levine song. So with that funny feeling, I've introduced it a couple of times by saying, like, i i've been mixing i've been mixing up how i introduce it so some days i'll be like i don't know if anyone's seen the uh netflix special uh inside by comedian bo burnham uh or sometimes i'll introduce it as um yeah so this song has been covered by phoebe bridgers uh, i like the original and this one because a lot of younger people uh i think like phoebe bridgers for uh whatever reason um I mean there are a lot of reasons to like Phoebe Bridgers but that's beside the point. I just think it's weird that both old rockheads and uh young TikTok people both love Phoebe Bridgers cuz very rarely will a band or an artist come out that like both demographics really like. Who I think the Greta Van Fleet is Phoebe Richards. Uh Br- Bridgers Richards. Richard? Yeah. Nope. It's like a bridge, like when you cross a bridge. I you're don't know a bridger. Who that is? Well, she is very popular amongst the youth, um, but uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things where I don't think anyone has consciously recognized that funny feeling, um, but I think there was one show where I saw a kid in the audience, and he might have. I thought I could have sworn he sang the line about um, the drone, the drone part, and he did like a funny voice. He was like, because in the song in the recording, there's a little bit of a vocal effect added to the line about the um, a book on getting better, and delivered by a drone. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever, man. Um, but uh, yeah, we're talking. We're talking about our favorite things today yeah just Um, just making lists because i love lists i love lists it scratches the part of my brain that needs things to be organized you know it's just easier to think about my favorite things if i can classify how much of something i like you know or how much i like something um and you are no stranger to top 10 lists um or top lists in general your whole channel revolves around rankings and lists and jail um things like that and We've, on the podcast, talked about our favorite, you know, we've made lists before on the Too Bad We Didn't Get Into Cars podcast, and um, we might even make a list at the end of the year of our top favorite episodes of this podcast. I don't know if we'll do that, but um, I don't even know if we'll be around a year from now. You know, the whole world could blow up, and we could just be gone. Ugh, one can hope. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Ugh and the shit. Not until already.
1: not until you eat that uh polar pizza. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta eat that first. Shit's good as hell. Um but uh yeah, so we're gonna start um with each episode will flip flop, so one person will take control of one episode and then the next week the other person will get the episode. So it's essentially like each month where we're each getting an episode. So today is going to be a Nick episode since last week. Uh, David, you did a lot of talking last week. Yeah, for like the first we- time ever. Yeah, I know. It, that's on me. That's my <laughs> fault. I, I talk a lot, and you're going to hear me a lot uh, today. So if you don't like my voice, or if you don't like me, um, please stay. Please. Please. We need the views, and we need the listens, and and, and I just want everyone to like me. How was that? Not bad. Want to clip that and make a make an ad out of it? No. Okay. Well. No. (laughs) So anyway, um, so we're gonna start with uh, at the bottom of each list, right? Because we've compiled lists. Except movies. Movies. We're
0: not doing that. We're just talking genres. Because I would, I love lists but I would rather snap my neck than try to figure out a top 10 movies list.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So let's explain the criteria for each uh, category. So usually in our episodes, we talk about movies or TV first, then music, then video games. So with movies, uh, we're doing them by genre, like David just said. So um, today we're going to start with the uh, superhero genre. Um, And, uh, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a good time. I'm going to talk about my favorite superhero movie. And then uh, next episode, Dave is going to talk about his favorite superhero movie. Um, And you're probably thinking, I they missed the opportunity to talk about rom-coms because it's uh, February 15th. And yes, the Valentine's Day was yesterday. Well, we're already late. We're already late to Valentine's Day, huh? Right. True. We already missed the cutoff. Folks. So we're not talking rom-coms today. Nah. And then with music, that's a little bit more straightforward. Um, we're talking our favorite albums of all time. Not specifically artists, which we've done before. Um, not live shows, but albums, like top to bottom. And those are what, top ten? Yeah. Jail. Something like that. Uh, and then finally for video games... Uh, we're also doing our top games of all time. uh, But that list is going to be a little different. The number, I think, for you is 15. Jail. For me, I may or may not still need to figure that out. If I have 15, I'll make a top 15. But I know it's on bottom, and that's what we're talking about today. Um, Also, with movies and albums, we are choosing movies and albums that we can both speak on. And if we can't speak on them, uh, then we're making the other person listen to or watch whatever we're going to talk about in the podcast. So again, we're exposing ourselves. That's it, and no one's caught us yet. So uh, <laughs> no, we're we're exposing each other to new albums and movies. And because this is the year of change, and this is the year of shaving my goddamn head, I want to try new things. And then watch new movies and listen to new music. So, join us on this journey as we begin with this long-ass journey. Yeah, it's going to be like half a year. We're going to be doing this for a while. That's, Uh, no, that's that's over a year, dude. What do you mean? Just
0: even games alone, 15, each of us alternating. So, that's 30 weeks. And we do them every other week. So, that's 60 weeks. It's over a year we can just straight up talk about our top list of favorite games.
1: (laughs) The math went a little different. So hopefully
0: by the time we get to number two, you would have fucking played it already. Because I swear (laughs) to God, Nick. I have to wait a whole year to talk about that game. This is fucking bullshit.
1: It's still going to be your favorite, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) i'm sorry i i'm gonna get on it okay i i promise um so if we're starting with movies we wanted to start with something that we've both seen already because this is kind of a new idea for for both of us and uh since we see mostly when when we hang out and see movies usually superhero we decided to start with superhero movies um I remember the first Iron Man was one of my first loves. And uh, I had a cast of characters that I had created um, that formed their own little team before I knew the Avengers were even a thing. Blast and the, Boy. The main character, <laughs> sort of the leader of the group, uh, was Blast Boy. Blast and Boy. He was a. Uh,
0: Flowers Unlimited. Let's go.
1: <laughs> Flowers Unlimited? Oh, yeah. Fuck you. F you. Yeah. I remember that.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, yeah, when, when David, when we were in middle school, we rode the same bus, we uh, created a comic company. Uh, called Anti-Terrorist Productions. Holy shit. Um, it was the most American thing that I've ever done other than where... Anti-Terrorist uh, Productions. Yeah, the only reason I remember that is because in middle school, we had to create email addresses as part of a computer class, and I created anti terrorist Productions at Yahoo.com, and that was my default email for a very long time, including when I set up my first iPod. So now every time I make a purchase in the App Store... Uh, because I haven't figured out a way to change my Apple ID, it reads as anti-terrorist productions. So, at the very least, if if the government is tracking everything that I'm doing, then they at least know that I'm no threat to them, officers. So, uh, but yeah, Blast Boy was a character that I created who stole the origin story of Superman. Stole the power set of Mega Man and uh, could fly around like Iron Man. And uh, he was composed of almost entirely just basic shapes. Ceiling, lot your of... ceiling fan. My ceiling fan? Yeah, you told me. Oh. You,
0: you, you drew all the parts from your ceiling fan.
1: Yeah, because yeah, my ceiling fan, it had like the big circle in the middle and then it had two little things you know it had four lights but the way that they came out of the ceiling fan fixture made it look like a little robot you know with arms and legs so he had a diamond body he had really thin legs I also kind of stole stuff from my life as a teenage robot I gave him a little belly button that was just a like a screw he had antennas and his legs arms and antennas all ended with blaster cannons Um he could take power stones and insert them into his little belly button and they were all based on elements so then you know he could use the fire power stone and become fire blast boy so his arm cannons looked like little you know flames um it was one of the coolest things that I've ever done with my life and in 2008 when I was in 6th grade Iron Man came out which is by the way not my favorite superhero movie but it leads into my favorite when Iron Man came out, I was so inspired. Even more inspired than when I saw Spider-Man for the first time. Iron Man in 2008 hit so different. It, it was a formative movie-going experience for me. Uh and I was MCU ride or die fan from day one. Um and uh so cut years later, we get the Avengers movies, we get the Captain America movies, We get sequels to both those. We get Iron Man sequels, Thor sequels. And we are far enough along in the MCU where uh, a possible deal with Sony is struck. And there's a possibility that Spider-Man could show up in the MCU. Everyone's shitting their pants. And then the first trailer for Captain America Civil War comes out and shows a Tom Holland Peter Parker, who at that point we hadn't seen his face. He had a single line in the trailer, but he uh Iron Man goes, the and then Spider-Man flips over, steals Captain America's shield, lands on the freaking you know, uh whatever he landed on. It was like a like a container unit or whatever. And he's like, um Hey everyone. Yeah, and that's it. And then the trailer ends. And I remember I watched that shit over and over and over again, and that was my main draw. It was Iron Man, and it was Spider-Man, my two favorite superheroes at the time, in the same movie. So naturally going into civil war uh was a huge experience for me. Um, and leading up to civil war was uh, uh I don't know, it was it was special, right? Um I went alone. Because no one else... It it came out when I was in college. And no one else wanted to go to the Thursday night premiere with me. Um, I had class the next day at like 9am. And by the time I got out of the movie theater, it was like 12.30. But I remember leaving that movie and not only being completely satisfied with how they did Spider-Man's character and how they treated him. Not only being... Satisfied with the action and the story And the pacing Uh, But it made me fall in love with Iron Man Even more Um, I think the interaction Between him and Steve At the end of the movie where spoiler alert You find out that The Winter Soldier killed Like Bucky killed Tony Stark's Parents Um, And Tony asks Steve did you know That whole interaction was so tense And it's one of the very few times and one of the first times I think that I ever cried in an MCU movie, um, or teared up. I, I know I'm being a little dramatic, but there was just something about Robert Downey Jr.'s acting and Chris Evans acting and what that meant for the overall MCU that all hit in one moment. Um, the, the fighting, the fights feel very visceral and emotional, it's characters that you've known for years fighting other characters that you've known and loved for years. I remember. <laughs> the whole, bless you. The whole Team Tony or Team Cap debate leading up to the movie was uh, really fun to be a part of, just figuring out which team you'd rather be on. Um, Spider Man being on Tony Stark's team made it a no brainer for me. Um, but also, you got introduced to Chadwick Bozeman as Black Panther for the very first time as T'Challa. Um, and I was, you know, we were talking about this beforehand, what my favorite superhero movie would be. And I said it was a toss up between a couple, Infinity War being one of them. But I think whereas Infinity War is a culmination of so many things and kind of relies on your investment in the MCU up until that point, I feel like Civil War does that to a lesser degree. But because it does it to a lesser degree, it's way more accessible. So for me, going into Civil War, I could watch that at any time. And from beginning to end, it's a story that like could stand up on its own. Whereas Infinity War, if I were to go into that movie without having seen any other MCU movie, or if I were to go into that and try to show someone who's never seen an MCU movie infinity war i think it wouldn't go as smoothly as showing someone civil war granted you know that's not why i love civil war but i I just think um choosing between civil war and infinity war that kind of helped because i love both movies but um civil war did a lot for tony's character it did a lot uh for reintroducing spider-man it introduced um t'challa the fight scenes are done really well. The the acting is really good. <laughs> that's that's the most surface level compliment I can give to the acting. Yeah, it was really good. The acting was really good. Um, all of the uh, the emotions are very visceral, and the character interactions and the and the the way that character ideals clash with one another over the Sokovia Accords. It's just. It's the political espionage of Winter soldier combined with the the flashiness of infinity war and it just comes together in a really spectacular beautiful way in my opinion um so i don't know not he's a great movie he's a great movie yeah it's a great i movie. what
0: do you what do you what do you think dude i still i'll never forget just like um when they were talking about, like, yeah, I, I got a guy, or I know, I know a guy. And then it cuts, and Queens comes up. I was just mm-hmm. like... I, I, I just had, like, that smile come up, because I also like Spider-Man. Yeah. And it's like, you knew he was about to show up, and I was just like, mm-hmm. oh, shit, here we go.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I remember my theater cheered so loud when Queens popped up. Because yeah. they did the... The reveal was done really well where it wasn't like it wasn't in your face but like for spider-man fans you know as soon as you see queens it's like okay well you know we know who that is and then his little quips with like you know bucky and sam like in the airport when they're fighting he's just like oh my god you got what's that arm made out of like when you know what's the yeah he was just nerding out and his interaction with steve is really good where you know, Steve's like, hey kid, where are you from? He's like, Queens! <laughs> and Steve is just like, he smiles and he's like, Brooklyn. You know, he just runs away. You know, it's it's moments like that that are like, I don't know. I feel like Infinity War has a lot of hype moments, but there, there aren't as many, like, small character interactions because there are so many characters to deal yeah. with.
0: Yeah, because even before then, just like when Tony first shows up in the apartment, like in the room, and yeah. he's like, like holding up the suit and like the uh like when he webs his hand to the door just get me out of this um it just felt so natural yeah it barely even felt like it was like written you know um but yeah like you mentioned black panther first showing up is really cool airport Mm -hmm. sequence of course uh everyone describes it as um you know, it's you as a kid with your action figures, just bunting them together. Is, <laughs> yeah. is what that scene is. Essentially, uh, yeah, very, very solid movie. Easily my favorite Captain America movie. Um, yeah, because it is... really transcends Captain America. It's like, it's like uh, Avengers two and a half. Yeah, you know?
1: but at um, the end of the day, too, I feel like it, it does serve its purpose in the Captain America story. Because, like, as much as it is Avengers 2.5, it, like, you get to the end of the movie and it's very much, you know, even if Cap isn't necessarily the main character or even if he doesn't feel like the main character, it's still his decisions that inform the rest of the movie. It's like, you know, the fact that Captain America did not... the fact that Steve didn't tell Tony like, hey, we're doing everything that we can to rescue this guy, uh, but this might be a conflict of interest for you. Um, you know, it's, it makes Steve that much more of an active character in that story rather than, like, oh, I'm going to join the fight because I've been asked to. It's like, no, 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 no. Steve is the one who, like, champions that side of the Sokovia Accords but also directly butts heads with Tony and butts fists with Tony. Um. Yeah, yeah and I re- love the winner yeah yeah.
0: I remember when like we all like actually thought like one of them was gonna get murdered when they were fighting like especially the scene where uh, Cap uh, he has like the shield and you know yeah. he like rips like he hits like Tony's like helmet away and he was just like yeah. I was like oh fuck is he just gonna murder him right now it was yeah. crazy that scene was nuts
1: yeah right. and the, the the fight choreography there's there's a specific scene where iron man it like where tony is single-handedly like fending off both bucky and cap and it's like that single shot of all of that action happening it's just so well choreographed it's it's a thing of beauty like yeah and because it's so so much more small scale than infinity war i hate to keep bringing it up as a direct comparison but again these were the two that i was competing with in my head as to whether or not they were my favorite. But I was like, because everything is smaller scale, it feels a little bit more personal, and I think that's why I like it more, is precisely for the personal character interactions, you get the personal conflicts, you get the smaller scale fights. Um, So even if it's not exactly like what Civil War was in the comics, I think the MCU Civil War is a good contender for one of the best stories in the MCU, at least in my opinion, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um yeah. So I'm I'm excited to hear what your favorite superhero movie is, but you know, I yeah. guess we'll have to wait until Yeah, I know what it is. Next episode to yep. figure that out. Um so moving moving right along, now we're gonna the rest of the episode Now um I'm just gonna take a nap. Okay. So anyway, in 1852, explorer Dick Van Duysis. Uh, oh, sorry, he, he he's back awake.
0: No, he- I. That's the rest of my thoughts. I have nothing else to say in this episode.
1: Oh. Well. <laughs> Get up. <laughs> sorry, that was a weird laugh. Anyway, so the the episode kind of started with nostalgia and the rest of the episode is going to be all about nostalgia too because this next topic is an album that i i made you listen to but it has a couple
0: i don't remember it all
1: yeah you you don't remember any of it but i i feel like i feel like the singles are really popular so my top 10 favorite album number 10 is the self-titled by third eye blind um, There's something Second about the death. album. Second eye deaf. at first eye dumb. <laughs> uh,
0: and a fourth eye
1: crippled. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> God damn! <laughs> you got four eye uh, Oh, so the person was wearing glasses. Yeah. And, but better uh, than weird ass three eye person. Yeah. Hey, don't make fun of Tian Shin Han like that, all right? He he deserves love just like everyone Tien's else.
0: Tien's a punk bitch. Hey, you know what pissed me off at the end of uh, whatever arc that was, where he was like, "All right, well, you're probably never gonna see me again." Uh, after they defeated whoever, and Tien was like, "Yeah, you're probably never gonna see me again." I'm like, "All right, dude, fuck you then. You ain't gonna write." <laughs> if so, if one of my friends was like, if we like uh, beat a hard game or whatever, and like, "All right, yeah. well, you're probably never gonna hear from me again," I'd be like, "Fuck
1: you." Right, Fuck you. I, I think it's a little... T- okay, so I think what well, that must have been at the end of the Boo Saga, maybe? I don't know. I have no idea, but it's the last scene Tien is in. Yeah. Well, because I know he was in the Boo Saga at some point, but, like, you have to imagine, one, Akira Toriyama probably didn't plan on writing anything past Dragon Ball Z. That, so piss- he was like, that pisses me off, man. So he's like, like, yeah, whatever. That's one of
0: my... <laughs> that's one of my... Uh... Uh, well, I don't know what the word is But like It's such a small thing But it really annoys me Like a pet peeve Like all of them All of them are like that Like every time they Like a saga ends And then when the next one begins Where they like See someone again It's like Oh I've not seen you In like 10 years yeah. Come on bro You can't write You can't uh, call them <laughs> Hang out What do they
1: do all the time? Train Come on bro <laughs> You're, not yet. We're not talking about Dragon Ball if, if yet. If you're
0: friends, you you got to keep in touch. Otherwise, oh, okay, I'll just see you in 10 years. All right, well, great. Anyway. That's a very,
1: that's a very sweet message. It's enough about Tien and <laughs> friendships in <laughs> Dragon Ball. Yeah, save that for about like 20 minutes from now. Uh, so Third Eye Blind is so quintessentially 90s sounding to me. I know that's very niche and it's very specific cuz I, you know, like David, what do you what do you think of when you think music from the 90s? Like what's the first song that pops into your head? Like 90s song. Enter Sandman. <laughs> yeah, it's either Enter Sandman or like Smells Like Teen Spirit or like Britney Spears, you know, Hit Me One More Time or or I Baby One More Time I think is the name. And Sync or they Yeah, O's. or Backstreet Boys. Yeah, um, Backstreet Boys boys my shit. Uh, but for me, it was it's Third Eye Blind because my mom, along with Backstreet Boys, would play Third Eye Blind all the time, and my mom a did this thing.
0: Pink bathrobe, a rare. <laughs> mince- okay, I'm sorry. I this is the only thing I'm gonna say like during the segment, so
1: that's okay. No, There's, I mean like, I'm sure up. I'm Yo, sure you know some of that. All right,
0: fine. How's it gonna be? There you go. That's Attaboy. that's my review
1: of Third Eye Blind. At a boy. Um my mom, she does this thing and I say I say this during my live shows whenever I play this song. But I always mention how my mom would never she would never like the rest of an album that she bought for the single. So in the 90s and the early 2000s you couldn't just stream music. Like, illegally pirating music was still a new thing, a.k.a. Napster, a.k.a. LimeWire, a.k.a. the Pirate Bay, but I feel like that was more for Everything. whole albums. Yeah. Um. So if you heard a song on the radio that you liked and you wanted to listen to it over and over again, you had to buy the album. So my mom ended up being tricked into buying a bunch of albums that she didn't end up actually liking such as enema of the state by blink 182 um and this album third eye blind by third eye blind and it wasn't until years later that i discovered the rest of the album because i uh, borrowed it from my mom and she didn't know but it's not like she was gonna listen to it anyway right and I recognized, how's it going to be? I recognized Jumper from that one scene in Yes Man. Um, I recognized Semi-Charmed Life because it was fucking everywhere. The, the one where he sings about crystal meth. I don't remember. Yeah, no one remembers that part. Jesse, we've got to the Third Eye Blind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. Yo, for what, Mr. White? You ever hear of uh iPods? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I don't fucking know, know yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm crazy. No, that, right was, good. I'm
1: that crazy. was good. Crazy. Um yeah, but I so obviously I knew those songs, but I listened to the rest of the album and this is it's so weird. I don't know if this happens to you too, but my favorite albums or my favorite movies usually aren't I mean like when the first time I listen to an album that ends up on my top 10 sometimes it's really easy to, for me to be like that was a really good album but sometimes I listen to an album for the first time and I'm like yeah it's not you know it's okay but then there's like one song that brings me back and then I listen to the whole thing again and I'm like this is getting better and then you know five listens in or whatever you're like this is an amazing album this is really good um, yeah, that's pretty much how it goes.
0: Especially even a couple on my top ten. Yeah, like there was one, and then you listen to it again, and then it just yeah. it just slowly grows on you.
1: Yeah, that's why there's a quote uh, that I think Dunky used in one of his videos from Jay Z, and he was talking about how you know some of these review aggregates, some of these d- outlets that put out reviews for albums they'll do it like the day the album comes out or they'll do it after listening to the album once and it's like i i i I give it like two days (laughs) yeah well it's it's like sometimes albums like your true opinion of an album is different from your first impression right so it's like but for the rest of time these reviews on these on these websites are going to stay the same. Even if the person who did the review ends up thinking something differently about the album years later and vice versa is the same too. Where like, sometimes you listen to an album and you think you really like it. And then you listen to it again, you know, a year later and you're like, yeah, this doesn't hold up. Like I I loved the shit out of Sonic highways the first time I heard it. And I listened to that shit all the time. And then a year later I was like, it's easily the worst Foo Fighters album. Like it's not that good. Um, yeah, but man, some one of the opposite happens,
0: dude. Like, you know, you remember that uh, Genesis song I showed you Firth the fifth? Yeah, with the stupid ass Phil Collins hitting his head with the tambourine. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know what it is, but like, I did my Genesis video and I I mentioned it, mm-hmm. but I just mentioned it as like a, just a highlight. Yeah. And then something made me listen to it again, and I swear to God, I think that might be the best
1: song I ever heard. No. I think you. I I think you said that in a. I I was watching one of your videos where you said that same thing. It fucking. I have goosebumps for
0: half of the song, and it's nine minutes. Yeah. Uh, Four straight minutes. I'm just like, this is incredible. This is like legit though. Which is nuts. Because like. It's
1: a fucking masterpiece. The human brain is so weird. Uh, and the first time I listened to Third Eye Blind, I didn't think anything. Much of it, you know, but I remember the hits because I was like, I listened to these as a kid. And then the more and more I listened to the album, because I, which I would do pretty often, because at that time I was driving back and forth to Decatur, Illinois for school whenever I would go home for a break or something. So I had two and a half hours every time I drove to school or from school and no internet because, you know, you're driving through soy fields and, and cornfields and stuff. So I had to listen to CDs. I couldn't listen to Spotify or YouTube or anything. So I would listen to these albums over and over again uh, on a loop. And Third Eye Blind was consistently one of those albums um, because I wanted to listen to, you know, I want to listen to How's It Gonna Be. And then I was like, Motorcycle Drive-By is also a really good song. And then I was like, Graduate is a really good song. And there are now almost every single one of those songs I can, I can and there are like 14 on that album and I usually don't like albums that have more than like 12 songs. I think it's a little overkill. Um but uh the reason why it's at, you know, number 10 and not higher for me is precisely that. It's one, it's it's a little long. Um not every song is is great. Almost every song I really like. Um but also I feel like it represents objectively speaking, like it's a good album, but I think I like it more only because I grew up with some of the songs. So I have to acknowledge that objectively speaking, it's not the best, right? So you know, subjectively, even if I like it a whole lot, I can't tell you the last time I listened to it in whole, but I do still play How's It Gonna Be at almost every show. So obviously it's made a lot of impact on me but i i would recommend listening to it at least once um it's a it's a really good rock record you know it's not hard rock it's not it's not exactly pop either um it kind of lays somewhere in between where there's a lot of really catchy melodies but there are also some really good jammy parts and there are some cool guitar tones sprinkled throughout i think um i really like the song london uh, it feels like a very, um, it's a very fast-paced, uh, like, punk punky song almost. Uh, Motorcycle Drive-By is a really cool acoustic song that ends up building into this, you know, it crescendos into this big, bombastic, full-band thing, and then it quietly and quickly Um, or it quickly, you know, gets quieter again towards the end. And I've implemented that exact writing style into some of my songs. So, you know, I can't ignore how fundamentally this has affected me as a musician, this album. So that's why it goes in my top 10, but it's not any higher than number 10. Um, still give it a listen, uh, or just come out to one of my shows and listen to me play. How's it going to be? Um, follow me on Instagram, you do you, you lovely lovely people. I'm trying to remember how it goes. I'm sure if mm. I heard it I'd know, but
0: yeah. I have nothing.
1: I don't remember it, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh <laughs> I don't, I don't you're remember also most albums. You're also not gonna remember uh any of this game either because have I ever like even th- touched this game? I don't know. They're all the fucking same. Yeah. So my number 15 or whatever number this ends up being game, uh, however long the list is, is uh, my first ever home console game. I, I got a PS2, uh, which, funny enough, came out on my birthday in 2001, 2002. <laughs> My first Uh, home console game was Scooby Doo and the Cyber Chase, which is a great game and a great (laughs) Scooby Doo movie, dude. I I fucking love that movie so much, bro. We just did a Scooby Doo escape
0: room yesterday. Did you? Yeah, it's like uh, it's um, there's a a escape place right by the uh, Portillos and like the Home Depot, you know, by me. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was a Scooby Doo one. We, we we got a we got uh an hour to do it and we got out at fifty eight minutes. Ooh. So it was a buzzer beater. We almost got possessed by a ghost.
1: Zoinks. <laughs> Zoinks is <Nah>. right. <laughs> um Yeah. So my, my first I got a PS two for one of my birthdays. It wasn't my birthday the year that it came out, but it was one of them. Um one of them after and I had been begging for PlayStation Two for whatever reason. I, I think I just wanted a home console, but I didn't want a GameCube, even though I probably should have gotten a GameCube because, in retrospect, I could have played a lot of exclusive games that I that I just, probably would have loved. But dude, the, um, the
0: story behind my PS One is kind of funny because <laughs> my my cousin gave me a PS One and a shitload like random s games. For one of my birthdays. And I was like, cool. Um, And a couple, like maybe a year or two later, I was at that cousin's house. um, (laughs) Talking to uh, his sister, which was also my cousin. And she was like, oh, you want to play some games? I'm like, sure. He's like, I think I got like Scooby-Doo or something. Uh, And she couldn't find it. And then she kept listing other games and I was like, "Oh, those are games I have." So it turns out her brother took her PS1 and the games no. and gave it to me for my birthday.
1: <laughs> oh man. How did that end? Did, did did she ever find out? Yeah, no. Yeah, I asked him. I was like, "Did you give me her PS1?" He's like, "Why
0: you? why you have to, to say anything?" No, I mean <laughs> I didn't give it back or anything. It was just kind of a funny moment. But my uh, my first console ever was a re-gifted
1: system. Dang, that's. <laughs> I mean, props to props to your cousin for handling that so so under the radar. Yeah. Like, was it wrapped in everything? I don't I don't remember that that much
0: because I mean, yeah. literally, that was
1: fuck. I don't even know what year that was, but, like... It was probably before the PS2 even came out. Would do be? Yeah, I think the PS2 came out in 2001. I think it was October 26th, uh, okay. 2001. It might have been, like, 2003 or something. Um, Wasn't that
0: long ago, but...
1: Yeah. yeah. Anyway. But, so... I got a PS2, and... Um, my parents didn't know what game to get me. Because, you know, I had only played Game Boy games up until that point. I liked... Um i liked movie tie-in games they developers were making a lot of movie tie-in games in like the 2000s um up until i think like cars 2 i think was the last ps2 game ever made or the last wii game or something like that which is a movie tie-in game or cars 3 can't can't remember because
0: i know like the the phase one of mco got uh like movie games too
1: yeah, there was an Iron Man game. There was Iron Man 2. There was a Captain America game. There was a Thor game. And there was that fucking
0: I... piece of shit Hulk game. I fucking hated that game.
1: Oh, yeah. It was, yeah, the it Incredible was like
0: Hulk. a bootleg version of Ultimate Destruction. It pissed me off. I hated yeah. it. I was so I upset. I playing that too. It was the first game I ever was like super, super disappointed in.
1: Yeah. Was the because 2000... Hulk was your man. Hulk yeah. was your guy. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, yeah. we'll
0: get to them, uh, I don't know, At some in point. like eight fucking months.
1: Well, we'll have to see. Um, But, uh, yeah, so when I opened up the PS2 for the first time, not only did I shit my pants, uh, but I also pissed my pants. uh, Because then I opened up my first game, and my first game was Dragon Ball Z Budokai 2, as you probably saw in the title. Um, Dragon Ball Z Budokai 2 is at the bottom for the same reason that Third Eye Blind is at the bottom. Objectively, There are better fighting games, and there are better Dragon Ball Z games. But, damn it, I sunk so many hours into Budokai 2. In the story mode, in the arcade mode, that was back when instead of buying characters, you had to unlock them.
0: uh, Yeah, I remember those days. Wow.
1: Yeah, dude, you had to complete challenges in the game that would get you these characters. You had to go through the story mode multiple times and go down because essentially story mode relived all of the moments from Dragon Ball Z because that was, they didn't have any GT yet in the game. So I only knew about Dragon Ball Z, but I learned all of those characters' names. I learned all of the transformations. I learned all of the fusions, all of the names of the techniques through playing that game and I had only ever seen Dragon Ball Z in snippets on, like, Toonami on accident because I did not like watching Toonami. I I thought it was too scary. Um, I didn't want anything to do with it. But I started getting into Dragon Ball Z, and this game was a huge reason why. And it had, like – it was, like, a a shiny, like, artwork, you know? So, like, it had the artwork. It had, like, the three characters in the front. It had Majin Buu, like, in the background, the imposing figure, Vegito – Go tanks and um, Gohan I think were like on the cover and it was like holographic and it was so sick and I remember opening it up for the first time I remember taking it to my friend's houses and I put my yellow memory card my eight terabyte you know or whatever memory card like in the little memory card slot in the PS2 case and yeah we would ju- like I would spend hours like putting different moves and transformations into your like skill boxes you know like because if you played as goku you couldn't like do all of the techniques and all the transformations right like each technique and transformation had a certain amount of slots that it took up and you had to build your character um based on how many slots you wanted to use so like if you wanted to use Kaioken, uh and like kamehameha and like dragon throw like, that would take up the same amount of slots as, like, Super Saiyan 1 and Super Saiyan 2. And if you wanted to go Super Saiyan 3, you had to have the previous two Super Saiyans already in your character slot. So, it was, like, just playing around with all of these different variables. And there were gag fusions in there. Like, you could fuse Tien and Yamcha in that game. You could fuse Hercule and Goku in that game. Um, yeah, and then... uh majin buu could absorb frieza majin buu could absorb cell so there were like there were like what if transformations um so finding all of those out were really fun and then they had like the beam struggles where you would have to like like jiggle the the analog stick like as fast as you could to like build up a spirit bomb or to like beat your opponent in like a beam struggle and I remember by the time you got to Kid Boo, I lost to Kid Boo so much. I fucking I hate Kid Boo. I hated Kid Boo at the time. I hate him now, um, because he was a son of a bitch to beat. But yeah, I I spent so much time in that game. Did and, you ever beat him? Oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. yeah. I, I beat the story mode a couple of times. Um, after that, because I you just like in most fighting games, you just learned that you have to spam certain moves over and over and um yeah it it was a super formative part of my life and I was I was just a kid dude I might have been like seven or eight when I first played Budokai 2 and I would get so many other PS2 games after that but I always kept going back to Budokai 2 let me see hold on let me see if I still um let me see if I still have it Um. Yeah, this was way before
0: the time I got into Dragon Ball Because I only got into it, like, shit, four years ago now Um, But, like, yeah, Nick, fucking other friend Josh Just, like, worshipped this shit So, like, I knew a couple things about Dragon Ball But it wasn't until a couple years where I, like, really started to know Uh, I never played this fucking... I mean, maybe I played it, but I think all these Dragon Ball games are kind of the same. It's just like... You just do the moves, and then there you go. I mean, the new Kakarot game is like an RPG, so it's kind of different. Um, But yeah, all these games are just fighting games. It's like... I don't know. For someone like me, I don't know the difference. But... um yeah, there, there's a couple of games I'm not going to talk about that didn't make my list officially, like Uncharted 2, Mario Odyssey, Zelda Link Between Worlds, and Pokemon Fire Red, which we talked about Fire Red. But those are other games. Uncharted's just a really good story. Odyssey's really fun, and Link Between the Worlds is just uh, good stuff. But uh, yeah, I won't talk about them. Do you have it? I don't have it.
1: I don't have it. Damn. Yeah. For shame. <laughs> I have a couple of my old PS2 games on, uh, in this apartment, but I don't know where Budokai 2 went. Um, I do, however, um, even if I don't have the, uh, case and the game for it, um, I do have the strategy guide, uh, from Budokai 2, and let me tell you, dude, this had, um, it had a limited edition dvd i don't know where the dvd went but um it has dragon ball gt episode 43 uh and it has the yu yu Hakusho show tournaments and super trailer don't know what the fuck that was um but uh yeah GT dude i remember episode
0: 43
1: yeah which which episode was that <laughs> the resurrection of cell and Frieza oh
0: oh he's in hell probably with those dancing dumbasses
1: <laughs> yeah that's probably exactly it um
0: yeah that's that's during the super 17 part like all three episodes that was
1: Oh dude, I didn't even know they have fan art in the back of this? Yeah. Like they have strategy guides are so cool, dude. I I know they still sometimes make them, but like No, I think they're yeah. dead. Or at least that company's dead. Like Prima. I can't I can't tell you how often I would go into this strategy guide and pick artwork to try to draw like that. That's my favorite part about strategy guides is just finding um, images to draw. Cause I drew a lot as a kid. I, I don't know if, we, if we've ever really talked about that on the podcast, but um, yeah, they have all of these categories for like characters in the back. Uh, they had different colors, uh, you know, like color variations that people could wear. They had all of the, all of the combos um, they have who voices the characters. I don't know if I've ever actually taken a good look at this thing as an adult. Um, All right, Nick, but, uh, yeah, we're about to hit an hour or so. so mm.
0: and I have a minute and what? a half before my camera shuts off. Oh man. Well, I have more to say. Tough luck. <laughs> what do you mean? Tough luck. <laughs>
1: tough luck. Well, this is going to be me signing off. You can like, finish it solo. Like, check this out. Uh, This is... uh, Being struck by one Kamehameha isn't a pleasant experience. Getting pounded ruins anybody's day. Goten's chief move is the continuous Kamehameha. It's not overly spectacular, but it does get the job done. You, You would miss little tidbits like that just for the sake of going to sleep tonight? Huh? I could go on for hours and hours. I would, actually, yes. Anyway this was a really fun game and I am going to spend the rest of my life looking through this, uh, strategy guide. Cause honestly, it's bringing back a lot of really good memories. But with that being said, uh, my episode is done next episode. We're going to take a look at David's, uh, <laughs> bottom favorite game and album on his list and his favorite superhero movie, which he does know do. So anyway, um, Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I've been Nick Scarpinato. Um, I might have been David Cabuccia Cars, but I don't know. It's been a long time. We haven't checked in. And uh, this is the Too Bad We Didn't Get In Cars podcast. Signing off. Too bad my camera
0: can't record past a half hour. I'm getting a Baconator.
1: Bye.